This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Technology executives and world leaders met to discuss the impact of artificial intelligence last week. The result was an agreement by countries and tech companies to collectively manage the risk from artificial intelligence. Stephen Scott from Double Tap has thoughts on the subject and the agreement that came out of it. Hey, good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Dave. How are you today? Stephen, I'm well. The summit was referred to as the AI Safety Summit, so you can kind of tell where their brain was at even before this thing started. How big a deal was this? Well, it was a big deal. I mean, certainly not maybe as big a deal as the Bills and the Bangles. I, you know, I remember the days when the Bangles were a band. I don't know what happened there. but When you would uh, walk you know, like an Egyptian. Absolutely. More of a Manic Monday kind of guy. Oh, okay. Um, but... Yeah. Anyway, it was a big deal. Uh, it was a big event for the UK, for sure, in particular for our Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, who got the chance to become a podcast host for about an hour and sit down with Elon Musk for a rather interesting conversation. Really, that was the focus of all the media's attention. Interestingly, though, I had uh, I have some friends in, who were in the room who are journalists who were not allowed to ask a single question during mm. the course of it. Mm. Uh, they were able to stand at the back and listen. Uh, but yeah, it was a really big event and give an opportunity for us to, I guess, get a lot of the leaders of this into the room and have a conversation about the potential upsides and downsides of AI. What did you make of the agreement that came out of it? Because private sector folks and public sector folks were expressing some trepidations about AI. I, I sometimes wonder how overblown that is or how much of a narrative it ends up being. But what were some of the threats that they were talking about? Well, yeah, I mean, look, there's the conversations we have about it every day and, and what the potential harms could be. I think the first harm that came up was a conversation around jobs. What will happen to our jobs? I think Elon Musk was uh, quoted as saying at the event, you know, there is not one job that is out there today that couldn't be done by AI. And if you're not depressed enough, mm. um, that apparently one of the things we should look forward to is finding meaning in existence. Oh, well, there you go. That'll cheer oh, everyone up fantastic. on a Monday. But, you know, as far as the conference was concerned, they were looking at the potential for intentional misuse. So, Ooh. you know, basically people, bad actors doing things with this, using this in nefarious ways. That could mean anything, let's be honest. But also risks as well to cybersecurity, biotech, and, of course, the thing that we hear about a lot, the spread of disinformation. So, you know, key areas where government can get involved, because that was what this was about, how governments can actually get involved in regulation and making sure that all of this is something that is is managed better than perhaps we did with social media. Even before U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris made uh, her appearance at the conference, the Biden administration did put into some protocols uh, within the United States last week that was also dealing with artificial intelligence. Again, however broadly you want to phrase that. What do you think about the prospect of the government getting so deeply involved with AI here? Because, Stephen, I know that the general mindset here is that AI is something that really popped up here inside the last 12 months. But 
that's not the case. AI has been in existence for like 15, 20 years. So I know governments want to make it seem like, oh, we're ahead of the game with our regulation. But like everything, they're, they're at least a decade behind. Oh, absolutely. And that's the biggest problem here. But, you know, there's a lot to be learned from a guy called Tristan Harris. Now, he runs the Center for Humane Technology, and he has spoken about this. He's the guy who you might have watched the documentary The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It was a fantastic documentary, and it really delved into the impact of social media on our society. And if you haven't seen that documentary, it's well worth checking out. It will terrify you, and you'll probably never use social media again, but maybe that's not a bad thing. Uh, but he's now moving on, and he's saying, and, and, and listening to a, a talk that we've been interested in recently on called The AI Dilemma, which is kind of taking this on to the next level, really looking at the dangers of social media and what happened when we allowed social media to embed itself into every part of our lives without any kind of management or regulation. We didn't do that with social media. And I think lessons have to be learned from that in AI. Now, what those lessons are and what that means, because of course the concern here is when it comes to governments, everyone immediately jumps to <gasps> overreach. There's going to be too much government involvement in this. Government's going to stick their neb into this. But perhaps it needs to be the case, because if you think about it, if we're talking about replacing a workforce over time with robots, then maybe the government needs to be involved in that, rather than just allowing businesses and private sector to just run roughshod and replace us all with robots to actually have some kind of managed process. Also, big questions around what will be the income of people. How will we all live? If we don't have jobs, well, we need to talk then seriously about universal basic income. But what does that look like and mm -hmm. how will it be paid for? All these questions have to be asked. There's a big, big big question here yeah you got to tax the tech companies to uh, pay the ubi yeah. uh, to pay the ubi i mean that, that might be what it boils down to yeah your robots are doing all our jobs okay you gotta you gotta pay back into the uh, you gotta pay back into the stipend for that one uh steven there obviously because there's the private sector present and because there's the public sector present there are a lot of different conversations going on here one of the notable uh events was that china was present they had their uh, mm. their their science minister their science and tech minister present who expressed an open desire to work with countries like the UK and Canada and the United States on AI regulation, except China's in the midst of a ton of diplomatic disputes with most of those countries. What do you make of China's presence at this conference? I'm glad that they were invited, and I think it was brave of Rishi Sunak to invite them. He had to, though, because they are a major player in all yep. of this. So that's, that's, kind, that's, kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at, too. It's like you can't have yeah. a giant international conference and not have China there. I'm surprised they turned up, but I'm glad they did. But the, the thing is, <laughs> I'm often a little bit wary to say too much on this topic because I'm not as versed in the political leanings of all of this. But what I will say is that we have to have these people in the room but always be wary of what the result is because there's lots of promises made and I think we just have to look at climate change to see you know, where we're at in terms of government response to that and how governments are dealing with it around the world. And it's also important to say at this point that with the size of these countries and the impact that they have on everything that we do, it's perhaps important for us to spend a bit more time analyzing their responses to this and seeing how much they follow up on. The problem is the challenges for the West. How does the West continue to force or push China and India and other countries to actually do anything about this, to actually regulate, in this case, AI, or mm -hmm. perhaps mm -hmm. regulate with climate change? How do you push that? You can keep having the conversations 
And it's good to have those conversations, but in the end, is it just a talking shop? Is it just to make the UK look good? When frankly, at the moment, it's not looking that great. And I say that as a resident here. I'll probably not be a resident for a long day, so I hope you've got a spare room. But... <laughs> Actually, I do have a spare room, and I think you and I would make good roommates. I think I think people would pay yeah. to watch that show, Stephen Scott and Dave Brown living together. Uh, Stephen, I, I, I like what you're mentioning there, that you kind of have to have China and India, and even to a certain degree, like, I don't know if Russia was invited, but moving forward, they're going to have, have to start being conversations with having Russia in the room as well. But I always, I feel the same way about the private sector folks who are invited to this thing too, that, hey, listen, we've got to get reps from Twitter and Facebook and uh, Google in this room to be part of this conversation. But there's no guarantee that those private sector representatives are going to do what they say when they sign on to these agreements either. No, and again, that's the problem, right? So this is the issue with regulation. So in some ways, what you can do, we're starting to see that fragmenting happening across, for example, the online safety bill, which just passed through Parliament here in the UK. That is hoping to have a big impact on ensuring that these social media companies, for example, are held to account. We're seeing it in Canada with news services, Facebook and all the others, having to start, if they want to continue having news on their sites in that country, it has to be paid for. It has to be mm. essentially, you know, journalists can't work for nothing for anymore. We can't, we've got to pay for the content that we have and the social media companies just can't keep essentially broadcasting this for free. It's really important. So, you know, little things we can do to chip away at these huge companies that are worldwide. And this is the problem, I think, without regulation, this is what happens. The social media example is a good example. If we allow the open eyes of the world to just dominate and we become in what feels like to some degree in awe of them, and that certainly is how it felt watching Elon Musk talk to Rishi Sunak, because you know, Rishi just looked like a, a giddy schoolboy yeah. uh, yeah, talking yeah. to Elon <laughs> Musk, you know, but you know, he's a leader of a country and Elon Musk owns a couple of companies. And that's nice. But, you know, the conversation just wasn't the right way around for me. You know, it just didn't seem to be the right way around. It should have been much more that we were on the front foot rather than just being the Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, speaking of uh, the Joe Rogan role that you and uh, Sean Priest like to play every day on Double Tap, you guys have a show coming up at noon today, noon Eastern time. What's coming up on the show? Well, talking more about uh, AI, of course, because that's never in the news. You almost shortchange people if you don't talk about it. Uh, but we are going to talk about the big uh, OpenAI developer conference that's happening today. Uh, this is very interesting. So apparently major updates coming to ChatGPT, which is their product and lots more. Elon Musk has just in the last few months announced his own uh, competitor to whatever they're about to bring out. So it's all happening as we speak. On top of that, uh, not AI-driven, but human-made, a new website to tell you about Ooh. and it's all from the people who brought you double tap yes we have ah. a website dave and we're going to talk all about it today right on a little web design with stephen scott and sean priest yeah. hey stephen thank you for this have a lovely day thanks dave take care that's stephen scott he's one of the hosts of double tap you can find that show daily at noon eastern time on ami audio and you can follow the double tap team on twitter at double tap on air at double tap on air and soon their new website Speaking of exciting events around the AMI family, there's an opportunity for you to be part of a live studio audience. AMI is going to be taping a special episode of Kelly and Rumya on Monday, November the 22nd, 7th. Monday the 27th, November the 27th. I talk for a living, although I stink at talking. 
They are looking for 50 people to be a part of the audience. So if you live in the Toronto area, the GTA, or plan on being in the GTA on Monday, November the 27th, and you want to participate, you have to email info at ami.ca, info at ami.ca. 50 people, those tickets get snapped up fast, space is limited. All of you in attendance are going to be getting some gifties. Everybody gets a Kelly and Rumia gift bag. That's point finale, everybody gets one. If you're in attendance, you get a Kelly and Rumia gift bag. But you also get your names entered into a draw to win one of two Apple gift cards. Those Apple gift cards are valued at $500 each. There's a lot of stuff you can buy at the Apple store for $500 or a bunch of apps. Ooh, think of all the apps you could download for your iPhone. $500 jingle jangling around your pocket. There's also five $50 Tim Hortons gift cards up for grabs. Now, if you want to win, you've got to be there. You've got to be part of the live studio audience on November the 27th, which means that you have to confirm your participation by emailing info at ami.ca, info at ami.ca. November the 27th in the GTA. Coming up after the break, it's roundtable time. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.